Welcome back to the Sales Leader Show. Joining us today is a living legend. He has worked for companies like Datum Technologies, Revel Systems, Live Person, and now he is the founder of Be Focused, Live Great, helping elite SaaS sales professionals not sell better, but live better. He has closed over $50 million in sales in SaaS sales in just the last few years alone. Our guest is one of my personal LinkedIn content heroes because every post adds value to my life. With us today is Brandon Fluharty. How are you doing today, Brandon? Good, Robert. Thanks for having me. Man, it's such a pleasure. Um, I want to jump in with what I think can be a bit of a juicy question, and it's what is a common belief about sales careers and maybe the trajectory, the way salespeople think about the the trajectory of their career that you passionately disagree with? Yeah. Uh, I I think, you know, uh, where I'll likely go with this, but, um, you know, hustle doesn't necessarily pay. Uh, and when I mean pay, I mean literally, but also figuratively as well. Um, you know, I think we've, over-indexed on hustle culture and constantly grinding, um, working around the clock is, is something that's um, sort of stolen from, you know, superstar entrepreneurs and, um, you know, salespeople have sort of taken on that ethos uh, to unfortunately bad effect, um, affecting things like mental health, um, physical health. I landed in the hospital because of this constant hustling and grinding and subscribing to hustle culture uh, earlier in my career. And what I found that we've gotten away from what is essentially a human centric role, sales, um, humans connecting with other humans. We've over indexed on being obsessive about the next sales hack or the playbook uh, just tell me what to do so I can do it in the shortest time possible. And what that's done is it's filled up the sales glass, so to speak, or the sales bucket, but it's left the human uh, bucket pretty empty. And we need to turn around and fill that bucket up. Um, and what I'm hoping to do you know, through my LinkedIn content and, and, and other places that I, I pop up uh, touting this message is when we can focus on being better humans, the natural output is being a more effective seller. That's one of those things that I think when a lot of salespeople hear that, they'll say, they'll think, you know, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. But what does that even look like? You know, how, how can I even, especially, you know, we'll talk more about this, but you know, with, with quotas and, and different things and stresses and needing to make, you know, certain amount of sales to, to cover your bills and all that stuff. What, I mean, what do you say to that? Yeah. Um, I, I think it comes back to, again, where we've over indexed, we've over indexed on tools and technology and taking out the human part of, again, a human centered role. Um, ultimately, especially the higher you climb, the more human is necessary for other humans to make an important decision inside their, their business. 
And by over-indexing on constant activity and tools and technology and playbooks and hacks that speed up that activity, it's put us in this frantic uh, chaos that ignores some real important fundamentals, the importance of connecting with another person, the importance of treating ourselves better, uh, getting things like proper sleep so that we can have more energy to have better connections with the person on the other side of the Zoom call or the other side of the table if we're meeting them in person or the phone. Um, so understanding and, and curiosity uh, versus focusing on, again, a prescriptive playbook that just tells the seller what to do uh, versus helping the seller to think more critically and make higher quality decisions. We need to get back to that because you're going to owe it. And I was a individual contributor for almost 20 years of my sales career deliberately, um, getting to higher quality decisions and making higher quality decisions because we have to face them a lot every single day. The more you can make high quality decisions, the, the higher quality your life will be in the long run. Um, in this obsessive um, desire for shortcuts and just tell me what to say, tell me what to do, uh, hack mentality is not going to build the foundation you want in the long run. Uh, whether you want to get into leadership, you want to climb the ranks and sell more complex solutions and transformations or heck, even start your own business one day, that all comes back to being a human who can make high quality decisions uh, for and with other human beings. Man, that, that uh, is definitely a different way to think about it than I've ever really heard uh, in my, my whole career in selling, because I think you know, managers and supervisors and leadership and other sales reps, you know, it, it all seems to be about that number, you know, what's yeah. your number and, yeah. and it's really easy to lose focus on the human element. I think like you're saying not with other people connecting with others, but also taking care of yourself. Um, and it's sort of funny cause it seems really obvious when you say it like that, you know, but <laughs> It's, it's a tough, it's, it is sort of a tough mindset shift. What, what kind of like, I know you kind of mentioned that, you know, you were hospitalized yeah. for, you know, basically the hustle and grind. Yeah. What is that kind of what kicked you off into sort of grounding yourself again or, or what, what led to your sort of transformation? It was a big wake up call because I was only 32 and landed in the hospital with a mini stroke with no known causes uh, for somebody who's you know, pretty athletic, uh, healthy, vegetarian, plant-based diet, you know, doing all the right things, no drug use or anything like that, uh, that would cause it or a pre-existing condition like a hole in your heart. So the only thing I can point to is just how hard I was hustling and grinding when I was on the hospital bed, like the first thing I was thinking about was work was, was thinking, Oh, <laughs> you know, my boss, I had to let them know, or I, I needed to not let my customers down or prospects down. 
And so it was like the first things I was doing to, you know, this is like going back to, I think, BlackBerry days. So I was on my BlackBerry, you know, emailing my, my boss and, and, you know, trying to make sure that my accounts were okay. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's a little scary, right? If you're on a hospital bed, you know, luckily, knock on wood, looking back, like it, it, no residual effects or anything like that. But a stroke, you know, kills people. Like here I was potentially facing death and all I could think about was, you know, emailing my boss and taking care of my accounts. That's, it's not necessarily healthy. Uh, uh, well, not necessarily. It's definitely not healthy. <laughs> right. And so uh, it should have been uh, the catalyst that, that transformed my, my life and, and way of operating. Unfortunately, I slipped back into, you know, the hustle culture and constantly grinding because you know, the benefit of being in sales is you can accelerate your career um, pretty quickly. You have control over your income. And so you are definitely taught and fed with results that, you know, the harder you work, the harder you grind, um, you know, the better the results, the bigger the paycheck and uh, the, the more that you can climb the ranks. And so for several years, I, I definitely, you know, got back on the, the hustle train. Uh, but it really wasn't honestly until the pandemic hit that forced not just me, but everybody to slow down and reevaluate their life. Because at the time, 2020, I was focused on new logo acquisition. So net new business only. Um, and, that, you know, that was in the travel and hospitality industry, mostly were, were the accounts that I was engaged with. That was not a time to be focusing on new business. A lot of the executives I was working with were furloughed at these companies. Wow. Um, so it, it really forced me and forced, I think, the whole world because everybody was experiencing this big event at the same time, uh, forced us to slow down, forced us to think think through things. Um, and so that was, that was like the big catalyst of when I really started being vocal about the impact that could be had as a seller, as a seven figure earner, the income by actually being more intentional and deliberate and slowing down and systematic. I unlocked the more human centric qualities that were necessary that were missing before that I could reinvest back into the selling craft and, and be more impactful with, with my customers and prospects. And, um, and the, the proof was in the pudding. I actually sold more faster and made more, um, by operating in this way. I, I can just hear my, my past self, you know, listening to this and, thinking, oh, well, that's, that's easy for you to say, you know, after that intro 50 million in sales last couple of years or whatever, uh, all the, all the great things you've been able to achieve the company you've started. It's like, well, yeah, of course, like you can say that, but I'm, I'm here, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm slogging through this every day. Um, you know, in, in, in that type of person, what's like the first thing they need to do to, to sort of break the mold and shift a little, start going yeah. in that direction? I think searching for impact, um, impact meaning um, what you say, um, how you connect, 
how you deliver your, your presentation, your pitch, your, your demo, whatever it is, right? During those interactions, search for impact versus focusing on just activity. That would be the number one advice and be if anybody's listening to this and is in a sales role, whether you're an SDR, a mid-market rep, or a, a strategic account seller, uh, or a leader, um, searching for impact is going to be, um, you know, more valuable to you as a seller and a sales team than focusing on just the activity. Because think about it in just basic terms. What's the, what's the importance and value of running four meetings, um, in a, in a week or a day, uh, if it leads to no strong connection or it's not a right fit, um, yet you're incentivized just because you got the four meetings, that's a, a, a beacon or a measure of success. I would argue no, but if you could have one quality meeting, even if it's one quality meeting a week where you're unearthing a true customer story, I'm not talking about a Q and a session where you're asking questions and they're answering your questions from a script. I'm talking about a business leader at an organization where you know you can fundamentally transform their business through your solutions. If they're telling you, oh, Robert, uh, this is what's happening in their contact center, or this is a big problem with their sales team. Let me tell you about this story. If you can unearth that, that's impact. And that would be a better leading indicator towards a deal closure and a high win rate than running four meetings that lead to nothing. That to me is inefficiency. And that's where a lot of things need to be improved. Hmm. Yeah, that makes me think a little bit about um, like caring about the the persona you could say that you're you that you can help, and understanding what they go through, and then when you're on a call with someone, like talk to them personally, not just like go along with your sales script, kind of like you were saying. And yeah. um, I can imagine. I mean, and and and. I, I definitely wouldn't say I'm, I'm an expert at that concept. I, in recent couple of years, I've cared more about it and I've been getting better, but it, it's one of those things where when it does happen, that connection is so much stronger. And the, uh, and what I love is that at the end of the conversation, you both kind of agree on what should happen next. It's either, Hey, there's yeah. value here or there's not, right. you know? And there's yeah. no rejection and there's no, you know, um, there's no worry. And, and, uh, asking for that commitment seems really easy, honestly, when it's that type of conversation. So I love what you're saying. And I, um, uh, it's hard though, because I buried all of those instincts when I first started in sales. Right? Yeah. <laughs> We're taught early in our sales career that it's treated like a conquest. And we need to conquer. We need to conquer the day. We need to conquer our call list. We need to hunt down that account. We need to win at all costs. And we're seeing the cost play out. You know, uh, when 
less than 30, 40% of sellers meet quota every single year. Mental health issues are on the rise with sellers per the, the self, the sales health Alliance, um, data from them. Um, it's, it's not good. Um, the, the high number of turnover, um, and burnouts, uh, that we're experiencing the high level of layovers that are necessary, um, because sellers are over indexing on the hustle and the grind and the activity versus the fundamental things that are necessary, uh, which is again, a human connecting with another human. And you bring up a good example of that when it naturally occurs, it feels right. It feels good on both sides and a no is perfectly okay. In fact, a no is valuable uh, because you know that it's not the right person to pursue that connection versus the, uh-uh, use persuasion techniques and tactics. You've got to conquer that person. You've got to change their mind. You've got to force them into almost surrender. It's like warlike tactics that we've been trained in that are just fundamentally wrong. And it's led us down a path where uh, I, I would be happy to disagree if four hours of sleep a night uh, uh, and you know, persuasion techniques led to every team, um, uh, every salesperson keeping their job, being okay, talking about things the way they are, and 100% of sellers meeting their quota. I, I would say, okay, hustle and grinds and this over-indexing on sales process and tactics, it's working, but it's not, and it's getting worse. Yeah, I love that. Um, do you think that, I mean, are more organizations like the leadership of organizations, do you see them coming around to this way of thinking? And if, if you work at a company where they don't kind of buy into this, is it, is it really feasible to change that without getting into too much trouble? Uh, it's coming too few and far between uh, from what I'm finding. Um, it, it's, it's slow change. There are a few beacons out there. There are a few progressive companies that, that are, are waking up and getting it, that, that, that they realize, hey, We've been saying that salespeople are the corporate athletes and uh, yet we haven't been treating them like true athletes. We've been telling, you know, it'd be like telling Serena Williams, yeah, let's, let's go have a client dinner. Let's have a bottle of wine. Let's get some drinks or let's go out as a, as a team and get plastered. Oh, and by the way, let's eight o'clock, eight o'clock call blitz. Even though we just left the bar at one in the morning, Let's get up and let's kill it, guys. Let's crank it out. Let's do an hour or two of calling. Let's get those prospects to change their mind. It's just broken. You wouldn't tell Serena Williams, like, go drink heavily, get little sleep, and then go perform well on the tennis court, and you'll be punished if you don't. Like, it's just asinine when you think about it in that context, yet that's what's happening day in and day out. Um, with a lot of sales teams and the, the real catalyst that will happen is when we can get away from fear-based management and that's not just a bottoms up approach. That's also a top down approach um, and not just cleaning up the middle as well. 
it's, it's everywhere uh, that that needs to happen. And, you know, fear-based management does start at the top. It starts at the very top board directors of who are putting pressure or VC firms that are putting pressure on um, software companies or, you know, uh, startup companies that they've invested in applying this pressure without any clear um, path to helping, you know, the, the sales organization, helping executives break down uh, doors and build better human connections with other executives at other companies. Um, and so what permeates throughout the organization is, okay, we're all time strapped. So I don't have time to deal with it. So all we can do is measure based off of activity. That's as good a measurement as anything to see if anybody's actually doing their job. Uh, and I'm fearful of my losing my job. So I'm going to fall back on the, the lowest common denominator of management. Uh, and, and if we can get back to more human-centered approach, which can be done through design, proper design, uh, and using systems that help the human part, uh, the, the, the sales part will, will take care of itself. Um, so long-winded answer, <laughs> no, I'm not seeing it enough. I'm seeing it from a few progressive organizations. I think the tide is shifting and we'll see it more and more. These topics will be more commonplace over the next few years. Um, there are some folks like Jeff Risley um, and, and others talking about this um, and implementing this at organizations. Um, Andy Paul uh, wrote a great book on, on this, um, Sell Without Selling Out, talking about you know human pillars uh, and getting back to, to more human-centered approaches to, to selling. Um, but it's, it's not quite permeating through uh, everywhere. And it, it, it's, it's not going to be until a lot more individuals and teams get better performance through a better approach. And that's what I'm focused on um, endeavoring to change uh, with the Focus Live Great and, and some of the work I'm personally doing. Yeah, I mean, when I was doing some research on you for this interview, um, and I found that be focused, live great, helping elite SaaS sales professionals not sell better, but live better, man, um, that really went to the core of what I personally want, right? As a seller, I'm like, man, obviously I want to sell better, right? But, yeah. but I want to live better. I want to be in a place where I'm not, you know, uh, held hostage based on my number and where I feel more confident in my ability to, you know, hit good numbers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so that's, I, I love that. I think that concept resonates with a lot of us. And, um, I, honestly, I mean, to be fully, you know, transparent, I think it's, it's a bit of a challenge for sales reps to, adopt these types of, and actually put it into practice, right? You can think about it and be like, yeah, that would be great, but put it into practice for fear of maybe losing your job or, um, or being, you know, slapped on the wrist at work or whatever. Uh, 
So, I mean, for, for listeners kind of hearing this for the first time that want to make a change, but are maybe nervous about it, you know, yeah. what are the top one to three things that they, they can start doing right now, or maybe stop doing to, yeah. to make a change? Yeah, there's a few things. Um, so the first, the, the top thing that I'm seeing uh, from a lot of seller working with hundreds of sellers directly, thousands of sellers indirectly uh, through through content and, and some of the products and services I offer, um, the number one thing is they aren't getting the support that they need um, internally uh, from their employer. And there's a craving, a yearning for better approaches and, uh, and coaching that they're not necessarily getting from their manager. And again, not to the manager's fault, not out of neglect or ill intent. It's through, again, this broken model that we're in that's from the top down and the bottom up around activity-based, fear-based management versus searching for impact. And so the first thing I would say, get a mentor for free, right? If you can, right? Uh, either a top performer of the organization, somebody you trust, I offer free mentoring. Um, I, I try to always make that available because I think it's really important. I feel it's just also personally something enriching that when you also can teach others, you learn better yourself. So it's always a two, two way street for me and always encourage other sellers to uh, mentor uh, folks, you know, coming through the ranks below them. Um, so getting a mentor or a coach, if, if you can afford it, or there's budget for it that, that you're allotted from your employer. Uh, Cause again, I think most managers realize they just, they're time strapped and, and put under a lot of pressure. They don't have the time to work a bit more, uh, you know, individualized or at a deeper level on certainly these kinds of things. Um, they're still going to focus on more deal strategy and specific sales tactics to progress the deal and get the quarter closed, the month closed, or the year closed. Um, so getting outside help is, is a good starting point. Um, yeah, I think the second thing to realize is there's no shortage of playbooks and sales tactics, but where you be better off suited is improving your thinking. And sometimes that takes some deep work, um, you know, outside of, of normal business hours or even taking breaks during normal business hours and realizing, Hey, actually when I'm more well rested and I'm not feeling stressed internally, or I have this internal dialogue of comparing myself to others, or I'm seeing the leaderboard email come through or a Slack message come through and I'm, uh, I'm not on the board, but I'm seeing all these other people. Sometimes tuning out the noise is one of the best things you can do. Take a break, walk outside for five minutes, come back with a fresh perspective. Because if you are unwell, uh, especially mentally, you're not going to sell uh, effectively. And so it's really important that we take care of ourselves and we treat ourselves. Again, we're corporate athletes and we can't expect ourselves to run on empty on four, five, six hours of sleep. We've got to get high quality sleep, high quality rest, recover, feel healthy, feel confident. Uh, performance comes from feeling psychologically safe and, and just feeling good. Performance 
follows that. Good performance follows that. So, you know, go ahead and, and tune out the noise. Um, you'll, you'll be better suited for it, even though it, it might feel a bit uncomfortable to do that. Um, and then, you know, again, third thing is, um, you know, taking small steps on how you operate. Uh, so I kind of think of it like a triangle. So the base is improving your mindset and how you think. The, the middle part is how you operate. Um, and, and just, again, simple things like when the alarm goes off in the morning, what's the first thing you look at? Is it social media and getting pulled into distractions or comparing yourself to others? Is it checking email? Is it checking Slack and then constantly being in reactive mode? Or do you get something impactful done, meaningful done on an important account that you're working on that drives revenue? You know, small things like that make a big difference day after day after day over the course of a year. So thinking about how you operate and making small changes, that will have an impact. And at the top of the pyramid is how you elevate your craft. And like I said, that stuff is, 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 so readily available. There are so many people talking about write this email or, you know, structure something like this to get in front of an executive. So there's no shortage of that. But if we over index on that and leave the, the improved mindset and thinking and, and, you know, neglecting how we operate, um, those are critical foundations before we can even get to applying our craft and, and being a better seller. Hmm, those are some great tips that, uh, as you were speaking, I, I was thinking about myself and how I can apply that. I think one of the thoughts I had was that it's really easy for me to forget to, f I almost have to flip a switch now, you know, of like a caring switch where it's like, I care. I, I don't have, cause like my normal sales mode from like years past was always, flip it off so that you can go in and go to battle and yeah. try to like convince people. Right. But flip it off. Cause you don't care. You just have to get it done. And I have to now almost intentionally flip it on to yeah. say, not only do I care about my work and the people I'm going to talk to today and the, you know, these different things, but I, I actually have to care about myself. Yeah. And you made a post not too long ago, um, where you were on a bicycle and it, it was something about play. Your recommendation was oh, play, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and, and that, that on, like I said, guys, I highly recommend following, uh, Brandon on LinkedIn. Every single post I see impacts my life, but that one, the, the thing is, it's so silly almost to say it, but no, like you need the reminder yeah. you know, to take care of yourself, to be a human, um, and to, to allow yourself to be a human with others. Um, another thing that kind of, I thought of as you were speaking is that, um, when, like when you are talking to someone and obviously there's nothing wrong with, you know, practicing your presentation and getting your presentation skills. Right. But at the same time, remember that you're talking to a human being, right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that like, you can just have a conversation and kind of relax a little, you don't have to be right on script or whatever it may be. Not that most people probably have an actual script, but, yeah. uh, but 
um, those are some thoughts I had as you were yeah. speaking and man, your, your tips are so spot on. And, um, and, uh, those changes, I think those are definitely things I can work on. Um, well, I, I would love to continue. <laughs> I actually have more questions that I am thinking of right now, but, um, this is a good time to a good ending point, I think for the episode. So I would like you to share with us, you know, maybe the places we can learn more about you and connect sure. with you and, uh, and learn. Yeah. So you mentioned one, I show up every day on LinkedIn and, you know, deconstruct what I call a personal operating system that served me well, uh, as a strategic seller and an individual contributor and by no means, uh, was my path perfect. Uh, I, I encountered a lot of bumps and, and, you know, got a lot of scars on, on my road, uh, and journey. Um, so I share the good, bad and, and the ugly. Um, so LinkedIn is a great place to, to follow me. And then I try to house everything in one place, brandonfluhardy.com, my personal website, uh, talks a little bit about the work that we're doing at Be Focused, Live Great, but also, um, you know, some, some eBooks that I've written uh, on my path to earning seven figures consistently and, and the, the hard lessons I've had to learn, um, podcast appearances, articles that, that I've written. So everything's housed there on brandonfluority.com, another great place to visit. And I think a lot of sellers will, will get value out of. That's awesome. I will definitely, I, I definitely encourage everyone listening to go check out those links. I will have them in the show notes. And uh, just as a personal endorsement, again, you know, what I love about Brandon, I'll just talk to you actually, Brandon, what I love about the content I've seen from you is the fact that, you know, a lot of times you can look at someone who is maybe you could call yourself an influencer or, you know, a thought leader. And it's easy to see those people as not the same as us. Right. But what I love about your content is that you tell about the difficulties, you know, you tell about the struggles. And when I read that, I know, Hey, he's, he's like me, you know, if he is like me, then that means I can do it too. So yeah. guys, I really do encourage you to, to, uh, engage with Brandon, follow his content and, uh, and see what makes sense for you, but he's very relatable and it, it makes it uh, real. So, uh, with all that being said, we'll hang out a little bit after I hit stop here, Brandon, but for the audience, you know, Thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it.